Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. You got Diane and Elaine here today. And we have something really interesting to talk about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, it's just one of the key things. We're talking about managing and navigating conflict. I don't think we're going to be able to do this in one episode. I think we're going to have to do this in two episodes. Absolutely. Well, first, let's identify the issues in this one. And then in the next one, we can talk about what to do about it. Yeah, that sounds good. So. Conflict is so common, whether it's conflict between you and your kids, conflict between you and your co-parents, conflict. Honestly, the stuff we're going to talk about could be applied in any situation. Anywhere. <laughs> and we're going to try to apply it you know, mostly to the context of parent-child. And it came up a lot this week. I was doing a parenting of young adults group. And there's a lot of conflict when we're trying to help our young adults to launch successfully. And so... I think well, stuff- and and I think it's it's come up a lot in in like I was speaking at a school in New Jersey and we were talking about what happens when when kids feel powerless or parents or teachers feel powerless and how that leads to reactivity, right? Yeah. And so, what kind of conflict? What what are the different ways that that conflict shows up in these dynamics? Right, right, and I think that the the core of this stuff came originally from some Gottman stuff that I heard on a podcast. Right. And um, I know because Gottman's got the best Gottman. stuff and all of our trigger stuff. Thank you. We Gottman. tend to recreate Gottman a lot, don't we? <laughs> so, and so what we want to do is to kind of walk through what's really going on underneath conflict most commonly in our Work. world. And, yeah. and we've morphed it and changed it. And so the language might be a little bit different and we've added the neurodivergent spin so that we make sure we consider that as well. Yeah. So there's four things that we've identified. Should we just jump in? There's four things yeah. we've identified that are kind of underlying conflict. For potential, let's, let's call them sources of conflict, right? Potential like, sources of conflict. So it's like this sort of, like when we were talking about the trigger model, it's like, this is where it could have started, right? So this is where the conflict could start. And the first one is um, power or priorities. Wait, wait. Can I just say, and, yeah. and before you go into the details, like what you just said, this is where it starts because it's never really about what we think it's about. No, right? it's about it's what's underneath. We're what fighting. We think we're it's fighting about. about. We're fighting about picking up the toys. We're fighting about what to have for dinner. We're fighting about right. Is this sort of you never break down crying because then you drop the bag of groceries. It's everything that happened that led up to dropping the bag of groceries. Well, and let's be really clear here. We're talking about conflict, but we kind of use conflict and arguments interchangeably. And they are really different because you may be in a heated discussion. Let's call that an argument. 
But really what's going on underneath it is is something else is is leading to a conflict. And so you may have a conflict with another person. You and I have conflict all the time in managing our business. Sometimes we navigate it without the explosions. Sometimes right. we don't, right? right? Depending on how heated it is or, or, or how much food we've day, had. Yeah. How bad a day one of us <laughs> is having, right? But it's conflict is normal. The argument, so go listen to a trigger management podcast episode that we've done if you want to learn about how to handle the escalated stuff. But what we want to do is to, once you kind of know, okay, there's a, there's a fundamental conflict here, whether it's there's an underlying not, conflict, what's going, right. what's really going on underneath it. Right. So Because for the sake of what, because when we're dealing, when we're on the surface, we're not really, we're reacting. And when we understand the cause and we get underneath it, we have much more access to respond. Right. We're much more likely to be able to respond the way we'd like to respond when we understand what's going on. Well, and conflict is normal, right? It's this sort of everybody has their own worldview. Everybody has unique values. Everybody has unique perspectives. And it, the world would be boring if we all wanted things to be exactly the same way. If you Could know, you it imagine would, a movie without any conflict in it. Like how boring oh, can you would that imagine? Be? Yeah, no. I mean, like, sit about your day. It's like, how many decisions do you make? And you're trying to make a decision in conjunction with somebody else. I mean, conflict is normal and it's healthy. And and some people really avoid it at all costs because it feels stressful to a lot of people. Right? Well, so and that's I another that, piece here that's I think important. Right, and I think the question under that is that is it is it conflict that you're uh, avoiding or is it the fear that conflict will raise into an escalation and an argument that mm-hmm. tends to lead. And I know for me, I'm a conflict avoider. I know that for a fact. And I, and it's not because I think conflict is wrong. I get it. And I know that there's this underlying anxiousness that, Oh my gosh, are we going to get into a fight? Oh my gosh. Are they going to still love me? Are they, you know, it's like this, all the little stupid voices in your head. It's not stupid, but the little voices that run around in your head that right. cause you to avoid it. Yeah. So, oh my God, am I going to be able to make my case sometimes? Like I know that my glib golden tongue husband can talk circles around me when I get agitated. And so avoiding it may be, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to express myself. So there are a lot of ways it shows up. Okay. Well, and just to say it, put a plug in for it. Some of us have trauma around conflict, right? Some of us grew up in environments where conflict was like forbidden or conflict was so intense that it really caused us right. to be in that space where it's like, nope, com- nope, nope, don't do conflict. Nope. That's not what we do. Right. So especially a lot of us as, as women who were raised as who were supposed to be good little girls, right? Yeah. We were raised as girls to not to avoid conflict and to certainly not be what was the one creating conflict or continuing it in any way. So there's a whole other cultural paradigm on it. Yeah. So, so four, four underlying things. <laughs> Power and priorities, trust and closeness, respect and recognition, and lagging skills and unrealistic expectations. So let's start okay. with power and priorities. So this is like whose priorities matter more and where, how and do we who decide? has the power to decide? So, you know, in, in our realm, a lot of parents working with us, you hear us ask the question, whose agenda is it? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when when how do I get my kid to fill in the blank? 
one of the questions we often ask there is, well, whose agenda is it? And very often what's happening is that we have a priority that our kids may not share, or we have an agenda that they may not share. And then we get into this dance or battle between whose priority is more important. And that's where the power struggle comes in. It's like, I, you know, it could be as an inane as I want my kid to take a shower before dinner or before bed, or as complicated as, you know, this, I know my kid's not doing work on a project that is going to be due and, you know, it's a long-term project. It doesn't matter what the agenda is, large or small. This kind of speaks to the, to the notion of buy-in and ownership and who's making the call. Well, and I think that that's the piece of it is that when you do have a different agenda than your child does, which, you know, it's a sort of, and a lot of times when we, we talk about being in director mode and if we're in director mode, we're going to be like, I don't, I don't care. It's time for bed. I don't care. You know, it's like this sort of, and we go to that place of power. And when the reality is that our child may have a different priority in that moment. I remember distinctly having an, a discussion. It may have even been an argument. I'll admit that with my, <laughs> with my youngest um, about, internet use at a certain time of night. And I went into her bedroom and it was, oh, I just told you which one it was. Sorry. <laughs> I went into her okay. bedroom. It was late at night and she was on the phone or on something. And I'm like, girl, it's past your bedtime. What's let's, going on? Let's close this up. Yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh, mom, my friend's in crisis. I'm really worried about her. I'm afraid yep. that da, 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 right. It's a sort of, she was able to articulate her priority to me. And I realized that I had a priority that she gets to bed and for her, there was no way she was going to abandon this friend in that moment. And so that yes. creates conflict because she it's really important to her. And it's really important to me that she gets sleep. And that's where the conflict is, that we have different priorities in that moment. Yeah, that's a great, great example. And I remember a similar one. The other thing that came up as I was hearing you talking, you said, I don't care what da da da. And I stopped hearing for a second because I, I realized that I have a reaction when my husband and I are conflicting about things is if he says if he uses those three words i don't i don't care, care doesn't matter what he says after that i feel dismissed and you shut down and i shut down and so it, it does and he may not even mean that he doesn't care it may just be the language he's using but i realize that i have a visceral reaction to it and i don't think i knew that until just now so thank you for that diane well and that ties <laughs> into like i think maybe the third one which we'll talk about in a minute which is respect and recognition which is a sort of some if we feel disrespected if we feel dismissed all that other sorts of stuff why don't we make okay. that the second one and, and okay that one next. great <laughs> so power and priorities is the first one respect and recognition do you it, value me as a person? Do you value my perspective? Do you value my experience? Do you honor or acknowledge me? And if I don't feel acknowledged or seen or heard or recognized in some way, if I feel disregarded or dismissed, that's going to create conflict and a power struggle. Right. Well, and what's coming up immediately is this word of respect. And I, I know we've in and another place we've talked about this is like mutual respect, right? It's mm -hmm. this sort of how many times parents are like over the moon upset because my kid's not showing me respect. Yeah. And what we're talking about here is mutual respect. In order to avoid conflict, there has to be, okay, wait, I see you. I get you. I understand you. I don't necessarily have to agree with you, but I respect, you know, I respect your right to have an opinion. I respect your right to have a different value. I respect your right to whatever it happens to be. Well, and that notion of agree to disagree, 
shows up here, right? You can't agree to disagree like that with one. someone if you if you if there's no respect. And yeah. and sometimes I hear parents who are like, well, so am I supposed to just roll over? Am I supposed to just give it up? And that's not what we're saying here because you're you are entitled to your opinion. What's different here, I think, is is that we have that tendency as parents sometimes to assume that our opinion is right and they should see it the way we see it because we're right. Well, and and respect doesn't mean you do it my way. Right. It's just sort of that goes back to the first one, which is like how who has the power to decide or how are and we'll talk next week about how to make decisions when there's conflict. Conflict. But I can respect your opinion, totally get it, understand it. Don't have to agree with it, but it's this sort of fierce commitment. I don't want to get too deep into this, but it's like I always have conversations with people about free speech. It's like I can't claim my right to free speech and not give it to somebody else. I mean, that's yeah. it's underlying well, I was just it all. Thinking, you know, I've been I've been dealing with a lot with my parents in recent months, and I had this conversation with my dad recently where I heard myself say, "Dad, it's not that I'm not listening to you. I'm just not agreeing with you," and that was. That was a great clarity for me, but it's really hard for him because he comes from a different world where authority is it. Well, and not only that, but a lot of times in our community, like, so if you think about kids who perseverate, right, it's a sort Mm -hmm. of, I have one client I can think of right now and her kid constantly is saying, you aren't listening to me. You aren't listening to me. You aren't listening to me. And it's like this broken record. And it's because the kid has a story that if you don't agree with me, it means you're not listening. Right. It's Mm -hmm. this sort of there's this attachment to my perspective is has to be right. Yeah. And they feel like they're not being listened to. Yeah. My my father might be similar to that. Uh, But at 95, I'm cutting him a little slack. Okay, so the next one is trust and trust relationship connection. The notion of do I trust that you have my back? Do I trust that that you're on my team? We talk a lot with parents about getting on the same team and being able to, you know, set clear expectations so that we can be on the same team and we can be compassionate instead of being the enforcer or being the judge. Well, and what's coming up as you're saying that, Elaine, is like sometimes we, we talk about we haven't talked about it here, but sometimes you talk about internal conflict, right? It's mm-hmm. sort of conflicted because part of me feels this and part of me feels that. And, and that's part of this as well. And sometimes that internal conflict is because we don't quite trust ourselves, right? And and so there can be that lack of in, internal trust that causes us to be like, well, should I do this? Should I do that? What do, where do I go? Well, and I think as parents, you know, one of the things we do a lot of work with parents about calm and confident, right? We want to help you be be confident in the decisions you're making, the conversations you're having, the role you're playing with your kids. And that speaks to that directly, that notion of if I'm internally conflicted, if I'm not really confident, it's going to read that way and the kids are going to feel that way. And that is going to create this other kind of conflict externally. But when I'm really clear where I'm standing, what my expectations are, whatever it is, and I can communicate it clearly and with respect and recognition, then it's going to avoid a lot of conflict. Well, and that's, again, it's, we talk about this all the time because we, we can feel like we're trying to be on our kids team. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, it's, the difference between them being our, our team and us being on their team, right? Yes. We, can, we can think that we're on their team, but if they don't think we're on their team, we're not, on their, not, team. We're not on their team, right? <laughs> right. And, and trust, the other thing I want to bring in here is trust is the marble jar. Trust is not something that you either you have or you don't have. No. Trust is something that 
you build cultivate. or you shrink and you cultivate and, and you, you know, and, and, and say this is like, you've lost my trust. Well, okay. So what that means is that my trust in you has reached a point where I'm not comfortable with you doing X, Y, and Z. It doesn't mean I literally don't trust you necessarily. It's, it's, I need you to and re-earn relationship that trust. needs to be re-earned. Right. Yeah. And so again, it's just sort of paying attention to not just where our kids have broken our trust, but where we may have broken our kids trust. Yeah. That's a biggie. A lot of times when, when parents will come, particularly in office hours, something will come up where my, my response will be, something around that issue of it looks like there's some trust that needs to be built because right now what your kid is trying to tell you is that they don't trust that you're on their team. And that's a normal place for us to be as we begin to do this work with as a coach approach. So no, no beating ourselves up for it. It's just part. Yeah. It's part of it. Right. And so the fourth one is about lagging skills and unrealistic expectations. And we talked about, this is a a Lane and Diane neurodiversity informed overlap or addition to neurodiversity informed (laughs) conflict management. Right. Right. So when our kids have lagging skills, which a a large, large, large percentage of, of our parents of our kids have lagging skills, what often ends up happening is that we set the bar here and it's not realistic, right? And we, we always set talk the bar, about- Because she's showing you and a lot of you are listening. Oh, yeah. We set the bar <laughs> a little higher than they're really re- ready to meet yet. It's not that yeah. they can't get there. It's that they're not ready to meet it yet. And if we set that bar too high for too long, oftentimes our kids will start giving up because they just feel like it's not worth it. Why yeah. should I bother if I'm never going to hit it? So and so there's a reactivity them. and a and, and a victimness in that where it's like I why should I bother? Yeah, I kind of cave because I can't meet this expectation. Or going back to the first one of priorities, you have an expectation that's incongruent with my priorities. I mean, there's all these pieces, right. but the, if we set unrealistic expectations as parents, our kids are going to constantly miss the mark, which will lead us to conflict because we'll think. It's because they don't care about what we want and not that they can't care or they can't get there yet. Well, and there are two things that occurs to me in here. Part of it is their lagging skills. And sometimes the unrealistic expectations are from our own perfectionism. Hmm. So I don't want to I don't want to miss the chance to cause to call that sometimes our perspective that we bring can can create a conflict unintentionally because, again, it feels like there's no no win for losing. No. Well, and there, there was an example yesterday. I was on a call with a couple and the mom was like having a hard time with a young adult cleaning the kitchen mm-hmm. and mom's like clean is clean. And <laughs> the kid could spend a half an hour cleaning in her mind. It's not clean. Right. It's yeah. just, so she has a certain standard of clean. Don't want to judge her for having that standard of clean. And if that's not understood okay. universally or if it's not realistic that anybody yeah. else in the house can be that clean, I mean, yeah. it's that's just a great example of I might have an unrealistic expectation re- with regard to a standard that I have um, from myself, either because of a value I have or because of an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. So, OK, so those are the four potential sources of conflict and a lot of nuances around them. Um, five, if we add internal. And so let's wrap for this and then we'll come back in our next episode with the two of us and talk about what people can do with this information. But it's good to start by understanding because in coaching, y'all, awareness is half the battle. So just getting clear on what's underneath the surface challenges and conflicts to begin to see what might be happening underneath really will, will move you forward in this process. 
So two pieces of homework, one which we try to do all the time, which is what are the insights that you have from our conversation today? What do you want to, and maybe the homework is go back and watch for the next, until the next episode comes out. Maybe, I don't know when it'll come out. It may be a little bit, but, and watch and see, okay, so what are some of the conflicts that we're having and, and what are the underlying sources of them? Okay. So conflict journal. Yeah. Right. And that what's, what's what, like, you got four areas to look at what's underneath the conflicts that show up in our home. Is it power and priorities? Is it respect and recognition? Is it a feeling of trust or or closeness? Or is there an unrealistic expectation or lagging skill? Got it. Awesome. All right, folks, y'all are amazing. You're doing the most important stuff in the world, which is working on yourself to support your kids. And we really honor that. Anything else? Nope. Thanks for being here, everybody. Talk to you on the other side. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.